0: Good morning to everybody. It's lovely to see um, some familiar faces join us this morning and also some, some new people as well. So welcome to our Strategy Cafe. Um, this is our um, webinar that we do um, on a regular basis and we always like to interview interesting people um, about leadership topics. So today you've got the Alembic team um, and we'll be talking all about um, how we make choices and whether we're choosing the challenging choice and why and how that is helpful for our leadership. So um, I'll go through the agenda in a sec, but um, we've had some really interesting strategy cafes recently. Um, So in May, we had... um, uh, we had the guys from the Happiness Index talking about all about happiness at work and how we index that. And it's a great tool for ma- managing the or monitoring the pulse of the organisation. We've also had Emma Stroud, who um, is a professional clown um, and also a leadership co- coach. And she was talking about the power of creativity and problem solving. So um, two really interesting webinars to go back and look over um, an idea that we always encourage you to sort of follow up on is to you know take one of these webinars as a theme and have it as a team discussion and get some insights as a interesting conversation so we hope you find the conversation today interesting and hopefully so you can take it back into your team so please feel free to share um this content it's free um so please just spread the word if you think that it would be helpful to other people to dial in so today's session is all about this idea of challenge. And um, I guess in a wider sense, it's the um, there's a lot of conversation at the moment about leadership burnout. We've had a really difficult challenging few years. Um, And so why are we talking about really pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone and challenge yourself? Well, I actually think now is the time to really be thinking about future challenges. What else could you be thinking about and doing that in a positive way? Um, So we're going to be exploring this idea of challenge, thinking about the skill of self-leadership to help. Um, We've got this idea of getting into the growth zone. So this idea of comfort zone. And growth zone. So there's this idea of like comfort discomfort that we will explore. Um, I will also then at the end of the session just hand over to Nick because he's going to be running a summer school um, on our online courses so I'm really um, excited to be launching that and Nick will talk about that at the end of the session. Um, so um, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So we've got the three of us um, on line today. Um, we're going to follow it as an interview style, as we as we usually do. So um, I have the power of interviewing uh, Nick and Matt today. Um, so my background, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a senior facilitator here at Alembic. Um, predominantly working with um, leadership teams through um, any sort of change, whether that's transaction related or succession related. Um, and really looking at how we develop the leadership capability to be able to do those changes. So um, Nick, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Hi, I think most of you know me. Um, morning, everyone. Nice to see you all. <laughs> so I'm the founder of Alembic and uh, Managing Director here, uh, my background um, kind of formative in our methodology. So as a, as a leadership practice, um, me and um, Sarah, who's co coach and um, co-director, uh, you know, kind of started out on this life um, with, with uh, body work, and so you can see that in my background, um, you know, brought up by psychotherapists, uh, lived life as a Buddhist. Um, used to experience rugby and Tai Chi on the same day, learned very early on in life um, how changing the way you use your body changes your mindset, which I've always found super interesting and really aligned with uh, some of the neuroscience that Sarah learned uh, as a physiotherapist. So that's a little bit about me. Thanks, Nick. Let, let me
2: uh, intro myself as well. Uh, I am one of the other strategy facilitators at Alembic. And like Rosanna, I work with leaders across the country from all different areas and sectors with some of their most challenging problems. Um, Yeah, we have worked with a a huge variety of of different people on different things.
0: Thank you both. And so before we get into some of the content, I'm just gonna start by launching a poll. So uh, really interesting so um, everybody on here is facing it at least sometimes um, and actually it's you know often or always and resolve it so um, I've seen read that to be sort of daily weekly maybe monthly for, for some of you so hopefully you'll find some of the content that we're talking about really interesting and useful to take into your leadership. Okay so um today's webinar is about this idea of challenge then and so I guess it's the thought of like when to choose challenge and perhaps when not to I guess here are some of the things that I find challenging um, so a spin class um public speaking and I suppose when I reflect on doing these things you know I actually choose them because I find them challenging so It's quite frustrating for me if I go to a spin class and it's a bit of a cruisy one. So there's this idea that actually I'm choosing that because I know that it's going to stretch me. It's going to help me become more fit, better on my bike. um, Or I'm choosing to do public speaking um, so that I can build that capability. But that's really difficult. Both of those things are really difficult for me. So I think this is true in leadership. You know, we all have these challenges that crop up. You know, and so when we say they, we face these daily, we, these challenges daily. Sorry. You know, we're thinking about actually how we can manage that and get better, so get more fit at and to respond to these challenges. And I think, you know, leadership is challenging and we all experience it differently. So it might be, have, you know, a challenge might be having a difficult relationship with a senior colleague. You know, it might be actually letting someone go and having that difficult conversation. It might be finding alignment as a partnership or as a board. So I, I guess for this session, to make it really useful and meaningful to you, um, maybe pick a challenge that's going on in your life right now pick a challenge that you're facing and that you want to work on and sort of have that as a story to have as a reference point as we talk about some of the things that we're going to so I'm just going to kick off um, with my first question um about you know maybe to you Nick why is discomfort the way to grow why is challenging the way to make choices and make decisions
1: yeah thank you um so so um i think the the straightforward answer to this is that is that um a lot of learning is a mind body experience and uh discomfort is um an energy that we feel so we feel uncomfortable or we feel higher energy um sometimes that gets conceptualized as emotions so when it's when it's really strong people will describe it as emotions i felt like you know i felt really excited about that I loved that Uh, that was amazing that was that was amazing and then it was just too much so at that top of the end of experience uh, we can easily remember experiences where we go from terror to elation for example jumping off the top board of the swimming pool when you're a kid
0: yeah Um, I definitely feel um, like that in spin class
1: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I'm just going to say that um, when you're um, experiencing when you're when you're feeling That is evidence in your body and brain that you are learning. So if I reframe growth as learning, learning something new, uh, um, uh, then when your body is feeling it, that's the signal that that's happening to you. So when you don't have that, when you don't have strong feelings, uh, you're probably not learning very much
0: yeah and when we were talking about this in preparation you were talking about this idea of um, emotional flatness weren't you and describing that so you have to have the elation to have this or have to have the challenge to have the elation and you know perhaps you could just sort of talk about that in a bit more detail because I think it's a really interesting concept
1: yeah yeah so so in the psychology it's sort of described as positive and negative tonality so you know happy, happy uh, content satisfied elated joyful um uh, on on the sort of the plus side if you like of the equation and then maybe sad moody grouchy um you know grumpy um feeling jealousy feeling angry feeling shame at the top end and the bottom end of the what's called the negative tonality um I, I guess a normal experience of life is to is to have all of that is to go up and down uh, the experience intensity and to go back and forth between uh Difficult experiences and great experiences. So, you know, as you d- dive into challenge, quite often you feel uh, a lot of discomfort and difficulty. But then when you, you know, achieve something or get to the end of something, you can then suddenly flip into feeling amazing. Um, and that's normal, right? It's a normal experience of the variability of both. What can sometimes happen though is people want to avoid the bad stuff, the stuff that has that kind of idea of negative tonality the problem is the brain doesn't understand that uh it's just energy and so if you try and avoid the discomforting things you end up flattening all of your experience and also avoiding joy so that's the point here don't don't avoid the negative things because you end up missing the good things yeah
0: um, I think it's um, I think it's really interesting and a really lovely way of um, framing it. I suppose um, I came across this quote um, and I really connected with it. So the quote is: "Marriage is hard, but divorce is hard. So choose your hard. Obesity is hard, being fit is hard. Choose your hard. Being in debt is hard." Being financially disciplined is hard, choose your hard. Communicating is hard, not communicating is hard, choose your hard. Now, I sort of think that that um, relates to maybe what you were saying, Nick. <clears throat> He's uh, maybe gone off on his mountain. No, you're back, hello. <laughs> um, I just think I really like this quote because I think it br- brings that sense of choice and actually, the, you know, is there an easier path in life? We maybe we, we will never know that. But actually, both options are difficult. And I just be really interested to get feedback um, from the audience, actually, on this, because it's quite provocative. I think it makes us think about the choices that we're making in life. So I don't know, what does everybody out there think? Put it in the chat and I'd love to get your feedback on this. I just wonder whether Matt or Nick, you had any thoughts on this, just to add to the quote.
2: I think it's interesting talking about control, um, because most people, when you frame it that way, would choose to be in control. Um, I think it's interesting that most often in life, you're not so in control and you're making instinctual, uh, instinctual decisions. So I think it's a really... Thought-provoking, unlike you, Rosanna, that, I think that really resonates with me. I think it's a very thought-provoking quote and gets you really thinking about um, life is hard. Here's a, one you could put right at the top of that. So you have a, a series of choices of choosing your heart through life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you're the kind of person that likes to be in control, um, which I think most people probably are, yeah. then yeah, just being conscious and having a choice is something which could actually help you.
0: I think it's also helpful from a you know from an, out, an outside. So you might really connect with one of these statements personally, or you might observe that in somebody else. And I think what it made me think is um, possibly being more empathetic to both choices. Um, so we would have a preference. We all have preferences on 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 the, you know on what is said on that slide, but maybe it's actually just bringing that compassion and that empathy to both. Both positions. Yeah. Um,
1: make a comment there, Rosanna. Yeah. I, I, I really uh, resonate with that, and I think that you know the idea of having compassion. So let's let's say it's uh, from a leadership point of view, a leadership tip. Someone in your team that's struggling with a choice, and uh, you'd say they're on the horns of a dilemma, right? Um, and um, one can make a biased uh, assumption there that they should just make the choice, and it's obvious. Uh, but then when one reflects on oneself, this is true. Uh, it's complicated. It's, it's, it's complicated it's not simple it's rarely simple um and so I think the idea of really understanding the other person's point of view and having compassion for them is a great place to start because otherwise you're just sort of putting them under pressure with your assumption and your judgment um and I'm not sure how helpful that is I mean it can be sometimes right so I think it's a really interesting leadership point
0: yeah um, we've got a, um, comment, a comment from William Padder that says the hard stuff isn't always healthy and you don't always get a choice which route to go down. Um, I wonder what maybe your response to that would be.
1: Um, I'd have a response there. I think that's true. Um, um, you know, stepping into discomfort isn't always healthy. It's complicated. It can be healthy and unhealthy. Um, so, um, you know, it depends how you frame it. Um, it depends, uh, whether you're talking about psychological pressure or real physical pressure. Um, stoicism reminds us to learn, to experience difficult things and to grow our resilience at the same time. You shouldn't be so stoically ignore a cancer, for example, uh, that would be, that'd be crazy. So, so I think it's right. I think no, no one is suggesting here a sort of simplistic approach to this i think complexity is right and uh, talking about it and thinking about it is really useful yeah. but actually what we find is a huge amount of room for maneuver before you get to something which is genuinely unhealthy
0: yeah.
1: so, so yeah. that would be my my point there
0: yeah well let, let's move, let's move on i think there's some really interesting um conversation going on in the chat um i um wanted to share this with you um because this is about the difference between, you know, where your comfort zone is, and to your point, Matt, about that sense of control, and sometimes that is really important to be safe and be in control of a situation. So sometimes that is really important. But this idea of getting to a position of maybe achieving goals, setting new goals, um, following your purpose. Um, maybe there's this idea of having to go through this fear zone and learning zone. Um, so to, um, I think John Butters was talking about this idea of practice. I think it is a practice of being comfortable going through these zones. So we start in the comfort zone where we do feel safe and in control. And I've put the word unconscious there because we probably don't know. We probably not conscious of that. But we we know the boundary because we become conscious of it when maybe we are we don't know how to do that and then maybe there's um, a bit of fear there or I'm reluctant or I'm inhibited or it, there's a you, you sort of get that sense and you become more conscious of it. Um, so I'm no longer in my comfort zone. I'm not really sure. There's uncertainty. There's maybe a bit of complexity and I don't have the confidence or the ability. So that is the cue for learning and being able to address it and find out what the skills are that we need so that we can then achieve the goals and get into get into the growth zone. Um, so I think this is quite a nice model in the sense that you have to go through the fear zone. So this says that we would need to conquer our fears to be able to get to, through the other side. And I think it's not, Um, you know I think it's fair and I think often people find the fears and push against that and maybe that's enough for people to retreat so I think there's a practice that we can build to get more comfortable being outside the comfort zone so um, Matt perhaps you want to come in here and just talk about this model So it's like how do you identify maybe when you're in the comfort zone or going into fear and what can we do about managing that sort of tiptoe between the two
2: yeah, I, I really like this model. I think it's it's really relatable and clear, and I'm sure I'm sure there'll be people out there that feel the same way. Um, and I'm sure people can relate to spending a bit of time in the comfort zone. So whether you're someone that's usually hovering around the growth growth zone, or whether you're someone that's really struggling to get out of the, that comfort zone altogether, I when I think about this, I think about the comfort zone as being a kind of equilibrium that most people will get to without necessarily realizing it, but can become sort of tough to break out of. I think it's, it's interesting to think about the stress response that keeps some people in that comfort zone, which is which can actually be quite useful sometimes. So it can, it can prevent you from um, encountering genuinely dangerous situations or becoming overwhelmed with stress or anxiety. But it's also a response that, um, can keep you sort of trapped away from growth and uh, make you avoid those challenges. Um, given it's such a nice, safe, comfortable place to be, it's no wonder that it's easy to find yourself trapped in there. Um, and actually, I think that there's a place for it. As long as you don't feel you're trapped and it's maybe not where you want to be, there's definitely a place for it where things are challenging. So life throws a lot of challenges your way and you know, adding to those, increasing your stress, Pushing through discomfort towards growth um, is not always the right thing for everybody to be doing all the time, um, to William Pedder's point he made earlier on. I think there's always lots of opportunities for growth, and there's only so many hours in the day, and there's only so much stress that I think is healthy to deal with. So I think it makes it really important to use this model as a kind of guide to achieving the growth you want, rather than a blueprint to how you should be approaching all situations. So we talked to when we were talking yesterday about picking the right challenges for you and spending a bit of time chilling out in the comfort zone where you need to. Um, I forget the wording you used, Rosanna, when we talked about it. I think you said be kind to yourself was the wording that you used. Yeah. Um, I think it's worth mentioning the more you work your way through this model, like a lot of things, the easier it gets. So you feel less stressed and you feel less discomfort breaking through those zones. And in fact, you probably expand your comfort zone quite considerably. I mean, a really simple example is when you start a new job or take on a new position, where almost everything feels like you're breaking out of your comfort zone. And when you check back again in six months time, um, most of your day is probably within your comfort zone and you've had a, an enormous amount of growth from moving through that model. Um, I think when, when when you asked me about, um, of how we're stepping through that comfort zone. I think a really key point is understanding how to develop the motivation to do it, because it is hard. And I think it is something that you need to make a, a choice on. So you need to have the will to grow, or you're going to be unlikely to overcome the difficulty with breaking through that fear zone. And I think personally, I think the most important part is that first step. So how you manage that initial discomfort and you Almost need to be in a position where you feel um, more comfortable with that discomfort, if that makes any sense. Um, associate it with the eventual rewards, and um, obviously that is something that's really easy to say and takes time and practice to get there. Um, we sort of we use a, a model called window of tolerance to help us describe how you manage emotional responses in difficult situations and where things can get a bit too much. I think that's a really a good way of looking at it. So, how much discomfort or fear do I actually find? tolerable in that day-to-day setting. Um, I think that's a good way of understanding the, the fear zone and being a bit more comfortable with it. I know that, Nick, we were talking a little bit about um, a perceived versus real fear when we were talking yesterday. Oh, you're on mute, Nick.
1: Thank you, Matt. Um, the body has two uh, basic responses um, to possible threatening stimulus um one one is just the body's natural response which is very very quick and um, doesn't go through the brain particularly strongly it's not something the brain has any control over so the body will always have a a response you call that real if you like Um, the second response is in response to that so you have a first response which is just your body perceiving something and reacting to it you then have a secondary response where where the brain is involved and it can either pay attention to that and deal with it or it can decide to ignore it all right so that, that's what's going on on the inside um, one perceives a possible threat one looks at it and makes a judgment quickly about whether you need to respond or not respond and that judgment is loaded by your emotional state so um, if you're in a high emotional state you probably perceive it more as a threat it's sort of distorted and biased towards threatening stimulants. if you're in a relaxed state you probably don't but that's a good way of describing it um, the response is the same uh, our psychological state can make something appear real that it isn't, which is a you know, kind of common acronym for the word fear. Um, and um, it can also make it appear that it's fine. So, you know, question, what is, what is a true threat or a true um, uh, fear? You, know, you have to go out and discover that, right? Mm. There's some, something to be discovered. The psychological response is ramped up in order to protect us from all possible fears and if you think about it from an evolutionary point that makes sense so i think if your starting point is that your unconscious mind or conscious mind is overreacting to all threat stimuli that's a good place to start
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, And I suppose um, if we're thinking about how do we get through that fear zone, perceived or real, um, maybe we can come on to talk about sort of this self leadership as a skill, as in how to. And I, I think the way that I think about this is this idea of self care, and that being in the whole sense. So I agree with what William is saying. Like we have to be really aware of our own well-being and when we can tolerate things and when we can't. I think that is really important. Um, so, and and you know, it's a bit like the seasons. We 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 respond differently throughout the seasons. Um, and so there will be times where we just need a break, a reset, a chance to rethink, have that sense of perspective, and really be careful or selective. And choiceful about what we are choosing to challenge ourselves with um so I like the idea of being really clear on um you know what's your motivation what's your purpose you know are you looking after yourself physically um you know are you eating well are you sleeping well these sort of basic things that are often we forget and actually in times of stress we tend to neglect some of these things and so these are actually sort of the foundations for being able to respond build resilience to better cope um so i think it's always important just to have those on there um and then there's like these characteristics um of self-leadership so we mentioned compassion earlier but i think first we need the sort of courage to come out of the, the comfort zone that takes you know a lot of courage We might see then compassion for other people that have been through the same thing, and you sort of start to understand it a little bit more. Um, It's nice to get that sense of community and connectedness with other people. So, people like me are also going through this, that makes it a a more pleasurable experience. Um, You know, how can you bring confidence? How can you bring calmness? You know, that less reactive state whilst also being curious about it so these are just some nice words just to think about how you're bringing these traits these characteristics to challenge um we have had a um comment on um from john about this idea of certainty so i did wonder actually go on nick
1: I was going to say, I'm happy to pick up on that if you want. Yeah. Um, so uh, um, for, me, for me, part of this slide is, um, is about um, making sure that you're in, as a leader, you're in a good state. You know, so that earlier point about whether you're tense or you're relaxed has a big impact on whether you're framing things as um, urgent or whether you've got time. To work it out, right? So, your own state of resilience depends on your own self care, and that leads you to be able to lead more effectively with other people who might be not able to uh, have so much control and maybe under more um, difficult circumstances because they don't have that, so many choices. So, from a leadership point of view, I think this slide is really important. And then being able to exhibit these sort of the eight C's in the way that you come at difficult situations with others, I think, again, is a really good leadership quality. To John's point, I think, is about let's say the current environment where it's highly complex and really uncertain, very fast moving, lots of moving parts, lots of change happening all the time. So we call that really ambiguous. And as a leader, you have to know that when the environment around you, the business environment is highly ambiguous, everyone's threat alert is going to be pinging like crazy. Um, There's a slide here that kind of describes different circumstances, but just briefly, we're talking about the top right-hand corner. So, you know, good idea for this is high-performance environments like fast-moving, you know, motor racing, Formula 1 racing. Uh, similarly, like, um, you know, cockpit situation under, um, you know, problems, possible, possible devastating consequences in a, in a, in a, in a flight uh, situation where people have to flip into high-performance. Fast-moving, really complex, um, and the question mark is, you know, what sort of abilities do you need to bear... The experiential load of that and maintain cognitive competence if you like so that's i think how the last slide helps and the question for the leader is what do you provide do you provide a sense of certainty and reliability so that people can downshift their their tension. Uh, are you aware that the environment is going to be emotionally more hot for everyone and know how to cope with that can you can you unpick the psychological stress and take it and take it down can you reduce people's load um, do you bring them into ambiguity thinking, and help build up their confidence they know it too? They can cope with it with you. You can co-regulate around it. So these are just interesting kind of leadership options, I think, for these very difficult environments that we're finding everywhere right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, we've just had a, a um, comment um, from, from John on self-care. And, um, you know, not he's not sure he agrees with this idea of. Self care, and I think I think the point is that he's trying to make is that actually we can we can cope with a lot more, we can handle a lot more than we think, and um, that we need to sort of test the boundaries. Um, so I wonder what the response is, perhaps Matt, to that.
2: I was just reading through. Um, I think this is just a very um, variable and personal thing, or it can be, I think that self-care, I was sort of thinking about it as you were talking through there, Rosanna, thinking about it in in the form of, you sort of, you wouldn't turn up to battle without your armor and self-care, I think is a way of giving yourself the best chance and tools you can have to take on more challenging things, which might stretch different areas of you. So we're talking about, talking about resilience in general and fear, um, I think self-care, eventually, if you have enough holes in your armor, um, you're going to get shot and self-care, the elements you had in there, uh, sleep, for instance, is a really easy one to think about. If you're doing more and more, taking on more and more challenge and your self-care that's being hurt is your sleep, then eventually your resilience is going to become low enough that you are not going to be able to take on the, the same level of challenges um, but yeah, to the, to the point of the, the question, I think that's really different for different people. I think that um, some people need, for sleep again, great example, some people need loads of sleep and can chip away at that part of their self-care routine and get away with it. Uh, and some people, that would be absolutely the, the killer blow. I think as leaders, the more you do it, the better understanding you have around your self-care and where actually... It becomes really unmanageable to let any one of those those areas drop i'm sure people when they look at your list rosanna can identify where they find it really intolerable or where they really know they should be doing better in that area i can see a few of those with myself that i would certainly say that about
1: nick can i come in on that briefly um Thank you. Um, so, so, I think also we experience you know, working with leaders in lots of different contexts. I don't think I've met a single person, because leaders are just normal human beings so It doesn't have self-sabotage, self-doubt, um, imposter syndrome going on sometimes, uh, psychological stress which is directed inwardly, right? Um, so just out to everybody in the audience, including John there, I just wonder if sometimes you have that too. Um, and um, so, you know, and that's, in a way, what, the way you could think about that is um, your internal voice making negative judgments and driving psychological stress about something to do with yourself, not being good enough. Um, that can be perceived as a strong discomfort and can knock people very off kilter with a sense of calmness, confidence, curiosity. So, it, you know, it sabotages your ability to be, um, to express with clarity as a leader. So we all have that, right? And it's normal. And I think the the point here I would make is that if you can't have compassion for yourself, how can you know what it's like to receive compassion from another properly, right? If 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 something inside you rejects the idea of care for me, then I struggle with the idea that you can know what it's like to accept compassion. And therefore truly receive compassion and therefore know what it means to really give compassion i think those things go together
0: thanks nick um i would say we've we've gone over to past nine so we normally take questions at this point. But before we do, perhaps I can just wrap up on the slides and then so get your questions. Um, and what we will do is um, we will invite you to, we'll unmute you and you can ask your question. Um, so I'll just wrap up the slides, we'll finish the recording and then we we will take questions. So just to wrap, um you know, thinking about which challenge you're going to take and you know having a sense of choice choicefulness in that. So choosing the challenge Um, thinking about getting from that comfort zone to the growth zone and that being a practice. So how can you practice that? What can you do to practice that? And normally these are quite small things. Um, Build your self-care, you know, build that resilience level um, and then really focus on those eight C's um, of um, self-leadership characteristics. um we wanted to announce the um alembic summer school that we're launching so i just wanted to invite nick just to take a minute or so just to sort of talk through how that's going to be structured and um, introduce it to everyone
1: oh hi yeah great so um uh, super excited to be doing this over the summer uh, we're just looking for five people to join uh, to get the the program going and you can kind of see the costing there um, it's going to run over the summer break um it's done weekly. Um, each, each weekly seminar webinar is going to be recorded. So if you're away and you miss one, you can definitely um, pick it up and, uh, and watch back and interact. And I, and I just wanted to take the opportunity to sort of lead this. And it's together with our existing digital program. So each um, participant will have access to a module. All of the material they'll need for the module, module is there for, for you to just do whenever you want to do it. And then the point of the catch up is is to help work through any questions any challenges any issues and to share those with other participants with a bit of guidance from me so i think it will be super fun um and why would you do this um in the end if you want to take your leadership to a higher level understanding yourself at a deeper level and having more familiarity with your inner landscape is just so vital to step beyond being reactive in situations and to having sort of psychological flexibility that allows you choicefulness if you haven't done the inner work you'll tend to be just responding in a pattern and so this is the work that people need to do to really take their leadership to that next level vital program and super fun
0: lovely so if we want to get involved Nick how's the best way for us to for people to sign up
1: yeah so uh, you'll have seen some mail outs on there uh, from us um you can just get in touch we've got a couple of uh, short uh, webinars in the next week or two just to explain a little bit more if people are interested just let us know and we can book you into one of the webinars and talk through any questions that you have and if you're interested show you how to sign up
0: lovely thank you Um, And then finally, we're having a bit of a break um, over the summer on Strategy Cafe, but we're very excited to be inviting Neil Davey from the IFB um, um To join us on Strategy Cafe, um, he's an excellent guy. It's really interesting hearing him talk about the way that he's um, taking the Institute for Family Business. Um, and so, um, tune in in September to hear, you know, how Neil is taking the Institute of Family Business forward in a slightly different direction. So that should be great. Thank you for listening to our Strategy Cafe. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Do feel free to share this recording with others that you think may find it interesting. You can register for our next Strategy Café on our website, alembicstrategy.com, in the Get Involved section. We hope to see you online.